Good morning. Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show radio to open the heart, heal the soul and awaken the consciousness. And I don't know, maybe, maybe just a little bit wakening of that quantum brain. I'm just saying, Benny, there could be hope for us. <laughs> There's always hope for us. That might be a Star Wars reference, too, as well. Um, but we can get to that another show, so it's all good. Yes, we can. <laughs> I have some really great guests and uh, looking forward to uh, my interview, which will be enlightening, I'm sure. Uh, before I do that, I introduce myself. I am Loretta Brown, the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27 years, we're still around and doing wonderful things. Uh, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, you can join me for a meditation via Zoom. And um, you can sign up for that at schedule.reikioasis.com. And don't worry if you can't be here at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, sign up. And guess what? Ha! Ah, through the magic of the modern day technology, and I always give Sarah's body is a little bit of, you know, hello for the communication, uh, but I can send you a recording of the meditation. You can listen to it anytime you want. So I hope that you'll take advantage of that. Uh, a little bit of astrology, a little of weather check in with the stars, and then I'll bring on my guests. We have left the fiery Leo season and boy was it making us rock around a little bit. We've entered the earthy sign of Virgo which is going to help us slow down, ground us, narrow our focus, get organized, pull that fire in, all my listeners, and let's try and direct it to something that might be really wonderful. It's time to clear the clutter and to work on creating healthy relationships with our newfound sense of independence. On August 29th, we have Mercury moving into Libra. Mercury is the ruling planet of Virgo. And when Mercury, the planet of communication, moves into Libra, it allows us to communicate in a way that is considerate, fair, and diplomatic. We, it may also inspire us to change up the aesthetics of our space or our wardrobe. Ooh. Is it time to go shopping? Hmm. Be careful. Be careful with your money because there is a moon wobble. The moon wobble on this date occurs when the sun squares the lunar nodes. Moon wobbles can create instability and are often linked to extreme weather patterns. And then guess what, my listeners? We're going to move into September and it's going to be a month that sets the stage for what's to come. The astrological wheel begins at Aries season and it ends at Pisces season and Libra season, which happens this month, is the midpoint of this wheel. It's going to be halfway. It's going to show us where we have been and give us indicators of where we're going to go. And of course, we're active participants. So it's going to bring about a change in the flow and the direction of energy. The shift in energy is mirrored in Mother Nature as we enter the season of the autumn equinox here in the northern hemisphere the equinox is a highly sensitive time of year that thins the veil between here and the other world and allows us to feel into the subtle energies with greater ease and it means that we have reached that uh, we have gone through that halfway point october is a month of huge cosmic shifts and changes and it seems that all through September, we will be getting whispers of this type of energy, and we may begin feeling a need to make changes in our own lives, or we may be seeing things shift and change in the world around us. The upcoming shift in energies may make September feel like the month where the rubber band is being pulled back in preparation to be released forward. And it's always interesting to me, my my people that I work with, my clients have all been telling me, Loretta, I feel like something's coming. And when we're in a, a collective consciousness of something like that, it, it it makes me just wonder, yeah, what is going on? So under this beautiful energy, I have two wonderful guests today. They couldn't be more appropriately timed. Um, Amit Goswami, PhD and Valentina R. Onasar, MD, are co-authors of the new book, 
the quantum brain. Understand, rewire, and optimize your brain. I'm ready. Bring it on. Amit Goswami, PhD, is a quantum theorist who discovered the solution to the quantum measurement problem and developed a science of experience. He developed a theory of reincarnation and integrated conventional and alternative medicine within the new quantum science of health. Amit started with uh, collaborators, the Quantum Activism Movement established in 2018, a transformative education institution, Quantum Activision Vishwalayam in India, based on quantum science and primacy of consciousness. Valentina R. Onasar, MD, is a family medicine physician who integrates alternative medicine systems into her practice. I love that. Committed to consciousness awakening related sciences and a pioneer of quantum integrative medicine. Valentina has made correlations between the ancient sciences and quantum physics using both as a support for her teachings. And Valentina serves as a teacher, a co-founder and a dean of students at Quantum Activism Bishwalayam. And they're here to talk about the quantum brain and what new land of post-material consciousness-based existence might involve, what it might look like. Welcome to the show, both of you. It's great to have you here all the way from India. Yes. Inviting us, Loretta. <clears throat> it's great. Yeah. Um, I, I want to show the uh, listeners on YouTube, this is your beautiful book, The Quantum Brain. And the subtitle is understand rewire and optimize your brain and i was making a joke before the show that i'd love to slip that into a brain slot and just absorb it because i've been reading through it um i think consciousness in the brain is one of the biggest things uh and maybe one of the most misunderstood things so i'm gonna start um and either one of you can um answer, but uh, maybe Dr. Goswami, uh, what is consciousness? Okay, <clears throat> this is of course the beginning point of um, quantum brain as well as the world. Um, consciousness is the ground of all being. In the uh, spiritual tradition, this has been known since 7,000 years. And I'm very happy, very happy to declare uh, as we have in the book, as, we, as I have been doing since 1992 with the publication of my first book, Self-Aware Universe, that quantum physics now unequivocally supports it. Quantum brain, we have the additional declaration to make, which is that there are two main predictions of the theory of brain if it is based on primacy of consciousness. One is that the brain should be able to communicate with other brains without exchanging signal, a process that we call non-locality, a sort of oneness between two brains. When they communicate without signal, we can say they have become one somehow, uh, one consciousness. So that's one verification that was, a, you know, that was achieved in 1992. We published a paper on it in 1994. Um, so that's a long way off from today. But just this within this last decade, we have another verification, which is that human beings are also part of that oneness. Consciousness manifests us in the brain how it does that, this is part of the subject of the book. And when it does that, the self that we experience in a regular way, the ego self, has something in the background, which we don't experience regularly. However, that is the self that gives us all the joy of life, all the impetus of meaning and purpose in life, it brings meaning, purpose, everything, archetypes, love, beauty, justice, all that in our life. So this quantum self um, uh, exists. Neuroscientists have verified that. Brain is most often very local. 
consciousness is localized in the prefrontal cortex, just as people expect it, like a central processing unit of a computer. But when we love, when we get spiritual, when we intuit, when we have creativity, then brain gets into a mode where all over the brain there is activities and coherent activities. Coherent means people like dancing together in unison, chorus line, that kind of coherence. And that establishes in the brain. Ordinary brain has nowhere close to coherence. But in these special moments, when we get the quantum self, brain becomes fully quantum. So this is the major thing. We now have a verified client, which is offering us the view that if we can get over this ordinary state of consciousness, which is ego, but you can also think of the doing of the Newtonian brain, the conditioned brain, if we can leave that behind, not completely, it's also useful, but occasionally get into the journey towards the quantum self and experience it, then our life can be much, much more full of wonderful things, meaning and purpose. So human potential indeed is infinite and all that infinite potentiality can be manifest as manifesting us if we wake up to the quantum brain. My goodness, I love what you said so much and I, I have 50 questions now. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of, of a couple of things because um, I, I was thinking about, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about two shall become one, right? Two shall become one. And uh, I've always kind of speculated, well, what does that mean? Like, uh, do we lose ourselves? But this idea of non-locality and locality also uh, brings me into kind of a question. So, because we're talking about the brain and we're talking about the mind, but we're also talking about emotions and feelings and connectedness or the oneness of all that is. And so I'm not even quite sure how to ask the question. Um, uh, maybe are the brain and the mind different things then? Yeah, mind is what gives meaning to our experiences, physical, vital, supramental, uh, as in experiences of higher archetypes, love, etc. So um, mind's job is to give meaning to experiences, whereas brain's job is uh, like a hardware of a computer. It receives the stimuli and physical stimuli and um, uh, reacts to it like a material machine does. And it makes images of our response plus the images of the incoming stimulus. But it is the mind which interprets that. Without the mental interpretation, we could not fathom what is being shown to us what the stimulus means to us. Like I see you, but the brain only makes electrical image out of you. I have no, no capacity of understanding what electrical gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just this meaning, I could not tell that you are Loretta Brown. <laughs> I could not. I will admit, I could not. Nobody could. So um, uh, the mind plays a very important role. And of course, ultimately, consciousness is the crucial role. Because without consciousness, who is, this, who is seeing the image? I mean, somebody has to see the image. And that somebody cannot be separate. Somebody has to be part of the whole scene. So the way we picture it is that when the stimulus comes to the brain and brain responds, consciousness um, uh, tries to look at the stimulus through the brain. But brains apparatuses have two compartments. One uh, is about perception, the other one is about memory. And consciousness gets caught in this trap, going back and forth between memory and perception. And so uh, as a result, consciousness identifies with the brain. Like we can get into a sentence, I am a liar, if you think about it, get into it. If I am a liar, then I'm telling the truth. If I'm telling the truth, I'm <laughs> 
if we had caught into that, something happens in the brain. Without perception, there is no memory. But without memory, there is no perception. Without perception, there is no memory. <laughs> this circularity catches the consciousness traps it into having a self in the brain. So this self, however, is not the final self. There is half a second, because it's obvious reason, because I can get into the sentence, but look, you and I both are adults. We know that this is not real identity, it's a pretend identity, so I can get out of it. So the initially, consciousness can recognize. It's a pretend identity, it's only a apparent identity. I don't have to stay in this experience. So it's a sort of in and out kind of thing. But consciousness, the science of consciousness knows better. It has to have experiences in the proper way, forgetfulness. So what happens is that repeated reflection in the mirror, mirror of memory and this memory perception, memory perception produces more and more conditioning. And eventually that conditioning plus even more layers of conditioning called image making, persona making, this produces as complete forgetfulness that we experience as the ego. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about this um, perception and memory and also the conditioning, right, that we, we've all gone through. And I was thinking about world conditions and a lot of things that we're going through right now and, and this um, division, you know, between people and their views. And I, I don't want to get into that too far, but I'm, I'm thinking about how the brain and, and, and the quantum brain might be able to help us overcome some of these differences or these negativities within us, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. There is no negativity in the quantum brain. Negativity is all the conditioned brain, in fact, the middle brain, middle part of the brain, not even the top part. Top part is actually can be quite positive if we, especially if we start consciously developing the positive part. This is where Valentina's expertise come in the positive emotions. That has to be experienced in the body, in the heart, in the navel chakra. And um, when we do that, we can actually balance the negative out pretty much. You know, some of us have. I mean, obviously, when I don't suffer from negative emotions as much as some people who suffer from so much negativity, they have to express it. They become, they become abusers. They become uh, addicts. They become... Uh, criminals, uh, or they become depressed. So, you know, uh, these negative emotions are very dangerous stuff. If we, can, yeah. if we can balance it, it would be so much better. That's part of the rewiring. We can actually balance it. Yes, I, I would love to know more about that. Um, Valentina, doc, Dr. Onasor, um, you know, because Amit was so Gracious, he said, this is more your expertise. Could you talk about that a little bit? And and I heard him say the the heart and the navel chakras. And and could you just talk about that more? And also more about, yeah, because so many people are stuck in negativity. How do we get out of there? So. Of course. And uh, first thing is that there is no quick fix. Yeah. And also then you have to see there are many differences between the way we process these things as women and the men, you know? So we truly have differences, big differences. That's why we are able to express our emotions, as you know, you know, and for them, they usually suppress them, you know? So there are many differences which have to be taken in consideration. And indeed, we have to become aware, first of all, of this, uh, the base level human condition, we call it, right? So that is indeed, this I didn't know until I met Amit, really that we have this embedded now structure, all these negative emotional brain circuits, they are part of our structure, imagine. So in the brain's interior middle, in the limbic brain, yeah? There's, they identified these places, the, the neuroscientists, right? As the source of these negative emotions. And of course, because you know that we are made of so much percentage of water, right? And we are so receptive. Imagine and this uh, mirror neurons function. So you see your neighbor has this attitude. You all watch these news, which are so negative, most of them, right? And repeated and repeated. And of course, it's affecting your brain and it's stimulating exactly this area, right? If you're feeding yourself, because you are feeding yourself with all these informations, especially nowadays, we are so much dependent on this information processing times, right? 
So instead of going to, to find some meaning in our lives, we go more, unfortunately, towards this information processing, which is totally destructing, destroying the human nature. So first of all, we have these circuits there, yeah? and they create this mental stress and eventually chronic disease, even cancer, heart disease, autoimmune disease, and so on. And nowadays, all this fear and anxiety that you see that is there. So uh, again, we have to define it to be the base level human condition. So first of all, to understand there is this quantum self and ego, I, me, polarity, yeah? And uh, right now, as you see, what's happening that we are, is pulling us more towards the me, the ego pole, yeah? You see that people, when um, you go towards uh, this constricted state of consciousness of fear, of anxiety, you're becoming much more like, you are just the ego there, yeah? There is no I there. You're becoming more and more egotic. It's a very clear thing when you're constricting or when you're expanding. So we become transactional, transactional survival mode. Okay. And um, th this means that each of us develops, and it's not that we have to destroy it, it's not that. Yeah. But this is a borrowed me. It's borrowed from others by processing other people's meaning as information. Okay. And um, so this epidemic of information processing at the expense of meaning processing, first of all, you have to see that. And uh, of course, there's so much, so much even, so many interests in game in these periods. You know, I'm not going to go into that, but you have to see what is what, you know, and, and to, to have this uh, discernment it's kind of, for me, what's happening now, it's also a test of intelligence, really, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it's either you go towards me-centeredness and narcissism, which you see what's happening, or you decide to take a breath and give a hand to help somebody next to you. You can help it with a good word, you know, with a smile, with a piece of bread, with whatever, you know? Okay. And then, so first is the me problem yeah then we have this negative emotional brain circuits built in the brain and part of them again they seem to be instinctual and it's unconscious triggering is followed by this survival related action and thoughts of emotion right and then uh, this mentalization of feeling it's a habit you know we misuse this negative emotional brain circuits and we cause this destructive mental stress you did do you know that nowadays so many people are killing themselves in this period yeah. So then, uh, this is something which is not talked so much about, you know. But the number of suicides is increasing, actually, and that's not no, imagine. And then finally, we have the pleasure circuits, which are giving us dopamine, endorphin, and other molecules high when activating, which leads to addiction. Think again about even addiction on computers nowadays, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pornography mm -hmm. also, you know. But even computers, you wake up, what you do? You take your phone in your hand which is totally destroying your day, you know? So if you start like that, your day is gone, you know? All that, what you could have done beautiful and uh, something meaningful in your day is gone when you wake up and you jump on your phone, okay? So you have to see, to, to get to a little bit of control, uh, uh, not to just let this monkey mind control you, you know? Because you still have the choice, but you need to exercise this right, okay? So this is about the base level human condition. And now going about the navel and the heart. Navel, I don't know if you know about chakras. If not, if you want, we can talk. So especially women, again, we have to be very attentive because um, the way we are born, kind of the men have um, this level, the, the belly area, more developed. Okay, so they, have, they are more, uh, how to say, they have this natural self-respect and self-trust much more than we do unfortunately yeah. and uh, and on the other side we have you know by birth kind of developed more this capacity to love to include another person right but much more than we do it for ourselves also so we need to both of us work on what is our gift and what is our problem also okay mm -hmm. and of course engaging with practices of forgiveness, for example, which has amazing effects. I mean, people with cancer, people with neurosis, with all kinds of things. You, I mean, sometimes you don't get the result immediately, you know, and this should not be discouraging because there are, it's, it's a working process. It's, it has to be done, you know? So it's like a big homework there, a big lesson of transformation which can wait, which is waiting. But the more we embrace it in the right way, understanding why we do that, yeah, mm -hmm. then uh, this can lead to developing this positive emotional brain circuits, which are extremely, extremely 
um, how to say, even healthy to have them, obviously, you know, from all the perspectives. And then even if the job is like maybe five times uh, more difficult to do, right? So it's our job to do that, you know, because again, we have embedded the negative ones and the work to build the positive ones to counteract this negative is kind of five times more work to do that. But it's our job to do it. You know, it's kind of, we are here for a reason. And also in these times, we are here for a certain reason. And I like that you started with this astrology. <laughs> because actually, you know, uh, when you speak about astrology, that's another wonderful chapter. If you want, you can we can talk later on about this. It's about archetypes. And Amit is lately, he is uh, really passionate about these kind of things, for example. Wow, thank you so much. I, I jotted down 25 notes there. I I am kind of blown away with what you're both saying. I, I want to let the listening audience know we're talking about uh, my, my guest today are Amit Goswami, PhD, and Valentina R. Onasor, MD. If I'm saying your names wrong, I apologize. The new book, The Quantum Brain, Understand, Rewire, and Optimize Your Brain. You said so many wonderful things in there, Valentina. Um, when you know, I'll just start with this because I've got other notes over here. This idea of the navel chakra, right? And the heart chakra, right? And the man has is more developed in one area and the woman in the other. And I had this imagery of, of the man and woman like this, and that energy going between them and I don't know where that came from, but it just popped in my head while you were talking. And I went, oh, this is this is that exchange. This is that, th yeah, this, this is how we help each other, right? <laughs> this is how we unite somehow. And also, uh, because so many people, like you say, are stuck, they're addicted to their phone. They're addicted to the um, information out there. They're addicted to what I call their fear porn uh, news, right? And you said something so important um, about the limbic brain, and that you know our, uh, you know, you guys, please help me out here. But that's our reptilian brain. That's our primitive brain. And I, I kind of picked up from what you said that there's a certain I don't know if you want to call it a frequency, a consciousness to this negativity that we're constantly feeding to ourselves, and without really being consciously aware of it, or maybe we are consciously aware of it, we're kind of turning ourselves into monsters, you know, might be a way of saying it, but we're certainly not working on the higher consciousness. Obviously, it is called resonance, if you want, you know, you heard about this? Resonance, resonance yes. What is the resonance which is damaging? For example, in a healing process, 70% of the job is done. If you have that clarity, you know, to see that, look, this is what led this lifestyle problem, you know, led me to this disease, for example, you know, and it's not about blaming yourself, but it's about assuming responsibility. You know, this is something which we need to learn especially us as women you know because our role in healing our role in all that happens it's huge it's not about becoming men as women and feminists it's not that <laughs> right. it's another problem really and um, so we, all this this is another subject interesting a lot to talk about these kind of things about the dynamic you know and also about the role of a woman and a man in society you know and it's not about keeping anybody aside it's not about that truly but the thing is we have to become responsible and assume our lives, you know, not to live in a victimhood state, which is so easy to get, you know, especially in these times. We are, I mean, even me, I'm surprising myself sometimes to, you know, to see what's happening and be a little bit not so optimistic sometimes, you know, even if I know, okay, we are here for something and we are together, even if many times you see the people becoming more and more isolated. Yes. That's not the way. Yeah, the isolation, um, the fear, and all of that is pulling us out. Um, the resonance, absolutely the resonance. Um, and I also heard you say in there something about, in, uh, so negativity, if I could put it this way, the, this negative emotionality is is more difficult to get rid of than, or um, 
Yeah. I'm okay. already thinking, you see the news, you see the news people, right? How yes. many good news you see in a day? Yeah, that they have to, <laughs> to make their bread, right? But that's why, because they have to feed the people negativity. That's what is selling, okay? So, but on the contrary, you don't see, and so many good things still happen. And, uh, you know, but still, you don't see them so much on TV, for example. Difficulty and of the TV, negative, yeah. the difficulty that the negative raises for us is very, really very pathetic because um, because of neglect, you know, when we were mammals, mammalian animals like dogs and cats, and um, we had a self in the midbrain. Now, this self is able to feel uh, the feelings as they come. And of course, um, that's how dogs and cats cognize with feeling. They don't have the capacity of mental cognition. But as soon as our mental cognition developed, human beings very conveniently gave up acquaintance with this self-identity in the midbrain. And this is, has produced this whole midbrain stuff has become unconscious in us. We don't control them. And because we don't control them, they're much more difficult to control, much because we don't have any conscious access to them. They come in completely unexpected. I mean, have you noticed how your mood swings are? All of a sudden, you were in a very good mood, and somebody says a little bit something, and midbrain directly reacts and re responds with a very negative uh, mood swing. Uh, if it is very, very bad, and you are an expressive kind, then of course you blot it out. That's terrible. Some people learn, of course, to uh, withhold the reaction and suppress it. But suppression doesn't do any good either. You know, as Valentina said, it gives you all those diseases. So we are in a really, in a, between Skylar and Shirab, this is they call it. it it's, it's a very difficult situation, rock and a hard place. Human beings stuck in a, that, that base level human condition. So what's the remedy? Remedy is really, we have to yes. really pay attention to these chakras in the body and develop positive emotion. Uh, the navel is capable, completely capable of uh, self-love and self-worth and self-respect and self-investigation. Um, uh, uh, when you do that, when you open up the navel to creativity and have the courage, that's what we call courage, courage to create, then we can employ the heart in the process of creating along with the brain. That's the optimization that we talk about in the book. The optimization of the brain consists of you know, optimizing it with the heart chakra and the navel chakra, because uh, otherwise the brain's actions uh, on these two chakras are basically unconscious in us. We don't control it, but when we have conscious control, we can develop the positive emotion and that changes the brain and that makes the brain optimum because the positive balances the negative. Yeah, let me mm -hmm. add something just shortly, because uh, it's this instinctual level. So the first three chakras, you can call them instinctual, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's fear, sexuality, and all this, what is in it for me only way of living, yeah? But the moment you you manifest your heart energy, you know, and you, you, you know, that love, that compassion, that including another person, that's when we start to be humans in my perspective, you know? And that's also when you're loving yourself, you're not hurting yourself because so many times we are just hurting ourselves so much, you know, that's amazing. And that's when, I mean, opening the heart, uh, at least to some extent, means the beginning of the evolution from me, from what I call to be a human. I totally agree with that. Um, I have been saying a lot to, to people through the years that you know, it's really about moving from fear, fear-based living to love-based living. And, you know, in English, we just have this one word love that's supposed to mean this, all these things, right? And I think it's hard for people to know what does that mean to love the self? And also it's, it's I love the synchronicity of things. Like I have been talking to people lately about uh, opening their heart and, and how do we do that? What does that look like? Because somebody yesterday said, but I don't want to be vulnerable, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest bugaboo. Men especially, they don't want to be vulnerable to a woman. You know, and that causes so much health problem for them, so much defensiveness in them. They cannot even communicate with men anymore because they are defensive. 
If anything that opposes them in terms of mental view, information, even simple talking about a game, they cannot do it without fighting, fist fighting, <laughs> because there is another person who is not agreeing with me. One has totally isolated in a tent where everybody has to agree with you. And everybody can agree only with the lowest common denominator, which is the stupidest thing that you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, li yeah. Living in a world of yes men, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this optimization of the brain, um, uh, Dr. Gaswami, I love what you said. Um, it's getting the brain to work with the heart and the navel chakras. So how do we do that? Okay, this is where Valentina can tell you great insights. She has uh, developed a modification of yoga with quantum ideas called quantum yoga. What this does, it's a combination of not only mental practices with the Hatha yoga posture, that is traditional yoga, but she has included the vital energy part, the feeling part of this, including the chakras. It's beautiful. Well, Valentina, you speak. I want to do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Dr. Kaswami said that my heart went, yes. So just saying that made me go, yes. Anyway, please, please continue. It's a lot. It's a, lot. It's a big, big chapter. And the overall experiential goal, because it's experiential really, of quantum yoga is again, the ability to live and act from expanded, inclusive states of consciousness, okay? And uh, it's, yeah, sounds good, right? And uh, we have uh, practices from various traditions, but still we have to start with what prevents us from this. And we, first of all, we emphasize on this human condition, all the limitations and the universal software, and then the constricting belief system and technology, which is not possible. We have to start from seeing where we are, you know, each of us, you know, the, the transformation is possible from wherever we are. So it's about transformation, quantum yoga, yeah? It's not at all only about stretching, even holding the postures with a certain focus, but it's more than that. Yeah, it's again about truly developing this ability to live and act in this way, okay? And um, we, of course, there's this infinite potential available for us to explore. And we have built in ability to explore this potentiality, right? So even you speak about the quantum brain and the way we use our minds, you know that we are not using only kind of three or 4%. And if it's anything more, even 7% <laughs> and you say that you're a genius. So imagine what's happening <laughs> with us. What happens with all the rest, you know? Yeah. So we are like really so much asleep and this is happening with the brain. and. I mean, it's happening also with the, uh, the other levels, if you speak about the chakras. And um, so we have to be aware of the sources of contraction of consciousness and not, not assume that you have not been victimized by them, kind of, you know, when they, but still not be in the victim position. And we suggest progressive steps of practice, okay? And the, the goal of the first year is to help, uh, like we structured on years, right? So to help develop a feel for what the journey involves, to give you the confidence and the first uh, stage, you know, of expansion that is possible to transform. You know, that in science, you know, in this materialistic science, they fooled us in, uh, I mean, many, many scientists believe that we are not capable to transform, you know? It's kind of, we are like robots. So this is such a, I don't know how, how, how they can come with such a thing, you know? So again, as the journey that leads you in, towards increasing happiness and intelligence and even health, of course, the rewards are there, you know? So it's, not, it's nothing like uh, anything you have done as to the enormity of the reward, okay? And then, um, then we, we go through actual transformation through even uh, quantum leaps, to the next stage of personal growth. Of course, we speak about all the, the creativity steps. I don't know if you read that book, Quantum Creativity, but we went even further lately. So we will check uh, Amit's books lately. You'll see even much more further progress, you know? And uh, again, we start with taking care of the mind. So that book is very, very good to start when we think of quantum yoga, because we live in this era of rational mind today and dominated by the thinking life. 
especially yes. men, but even women. So we begin with practices with, you know, for the mind, nutrition for the mind. And, you know, just this, I will say, because otherwise I can talk 10 hours, you know. So we have, of course, we have to refer to the hyperactivity problem, lack of concentration, and how to improve that with concentration meditation. And then we refer to the intellectualism, which is producing contracted consciousness, and we handle it with awareness meditation. I know you know this because you do meditation. So for nutrition of the mind, you have to learn to apply your abilities, you know, gained in the practice, also while living. Yeah. So whatever you practice on your blanket, on your chair, you take it in your life. That's the thing. Yes. And uh, again, we even know this, like we speak how we are wasting all this potential with the cell phones, for example, as I said. So you have the tendency to just check your cell phone now and then, and that's what hyperactivity is doing to us. You know? I, what has discovered is amazing. I'll tell you one example that really, really is so simple and yet so amazing. This idea that we suffer from contracted consciousness in some postures. Like the way I'm sitting on a chair speaking to you, this is a, not a very good posture. This is not conducive to a very much of an expansion of consciousness. We change this, we kneel down and kneel down so that I'm sitting on my feet. That is called Vajrasana in the um, uh, uh, regular yoga. And you will see that your consciousness is changing. It becomes much more expanded. And that's why they always prescribe, kneel down before you pray. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing, amazing thing that one can learn when one looks at the traditional postures that we have, the traditional methods that we have in spiritual traditions. Their real meaning is much more than what the, just the posture conveys. You know, yoga usually, most people means just stretching. No, much, 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 much more than that. Yoga is coming to resonance in using that posture with a certain archetypes and that's what expands our consciousness. It's really quite beautiful. I wish we, we had a more time to talk about just quantum yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am hoping that there will be a book, Quantum Yoga or, yeah. or something. Yes, I definitely hope so. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have been doing chanting and meditation for years with my own teacher and years ago, um, she had us do meditations in different postures and to copy statues. And it was fascinating to me how I could uh, get a different experience if I was in this different posture. And um, it really changed my life. It startled me. But it also brings me into exactly what you're saying, because I'm thinking about the, the posture of holding the phone and looking at it. and. I'm always amazed when I drive around and people are walking and doing this or driving and doing this. I can't actually do that. I have to focus on walking or driving, right? So um, I think there's a lot to be said here. And also I wrote down the word, the hyperactivity, um, uh, uh, Valentina, that you said, and I was thinking about how our attention span is so short and Anytime I lead a meditation and and I quite often have to just do so much breathing with people because they can't, you know, yeah. I'll say take a deep breath and they're already thinking about 10 other things, right? And they're not even aware of what they are thinking. And that's the problem, you know, with choosing an intent. If you know this, uh, the secret, that's not really given the secret, but the thing is that you need to be able to create this intent, you know, and to choose something, not to choose something, then second time, choose something else, second, second, you know. So you have to, there's a power in that of transformation, and it takes time to work with that. But if we have this problem with our minds, we cannot do anything. Yeah, yeah. now it's, yes, please go ahead. <laughs> Brain has to be taught attention. This is the, this is a very important aspect. We talk about it in one of the chapters, how important it is to be able to pay attention. This attention deficit, not able to hold attention, um, it comes basically from total unawareness about the vital energy movements in our body. If we are aware of the vital movements, how they are distracting us, because the way we are sitting is not the right way of sitting, or the way that we are walking is not the right way of walking, these discomforts 
agitates the vital and it starts throwing vital noises. And that's what produces the distraction that gives mind away. It's only one of the factors. There are other factors, of course. But uh, this kind of thing, if one becomes aware, this is what part of quantum yoga does. Quantum yoga makes us aware of, okay, these are the, these are the asanas you practice if you want to practice intention and attention. Yeah, but it also to add the attention on the breathing, as you said, you know, people are breathing superficially so much and this is creating that hyperactivity. So even moving your attention to the belly area now, you know, when people are hearing this, you know, just breathe also include the abdomen in your breathing, you know, that will change everything in five minutes if you do that, you know, so that's immediately affecting the vital movements on the in the mind actually. And we have actually in the quantum brain, we have a chapter about this, you know, and we call it mental hygiene. So it's a whole beginning there. Um, I like that. I, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about uh, posture and, and sitting, right? Like this past year, you know, I've gone to Zoom meetings, you know, to keep my business going because we've been all shut down. And I noticed uh, very quickly that I was having to do more movement, more yoga and, and, and walk when I could, because I felt like everything was just pooling, you know, like the lower part of the body. I was like, hmm, I have a lower part of the body. Who knew, right? <laughs> I have arms and, um, you know, for, for our vitality, you know, to get that moving around. Yeah. We need to have this kind of practices, you know, to, to have a mental head in place. So we need to, especially in these times, we have to have a structure where we, we feed ourselves, even yes. with nature, with good food, obviously, and water and all that, but also with, the, with the, some practice like this, like yoga, tai chi, dancing, anything, you know, but it has to be there and you need to just put your, I mean, put it in your program, daily program. If not, I don't know what will happen. And, yeah. so, many, and so many tricks of the trade. Uh, look at this. If I do simply this posture, it's called a mudra. Chin mudra, just simply pressing your uh, index finger and the thumb together. If we do it with both hands, with all the other fingers like this, then your attention goes up. Just try it, it's amazing. Just like if you want to get expansion of consciousness in a hurry, just expand your arms like this. Upturned with your palm towards the sky. And you'll find in a matter of seconds, your uh, consciousness will seem like it's expanding. I feel <laughs> better. I feel better already. Let's just do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, you, you touched a little bit on addictions. And um, I was thinking to myself, many people just sort of fall into what I call numbness or because I'm not doing anything all day, then at the end of the day, I just want to plop down, right? You know, and enter into whatever my addiction is, right? And uh, maybe this is an appropriate question, maybe not. But you also said earlier that the quantum brain, you know, that connection, that non-locality, that quantum brain doesn't have any of this ego in it. So can you just, one or both of you just kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, um, if we learn to be in a more relaxed uh, mind, relaxed consciousness, that expanded consciousness that we talk about, that is really the crucial practice. When we expand, that means only one thing. We are not strictly speaking in the base level ego we have already entered what we call pre-conscious, a twilight zone between the ego and the quantum self. This pre-conscious is the secret, is the secret of happy existence where things will not be so routine, so conditioning oriented, so um, oriented towards, you know, it's the conditioning, it's the boredom that gets us into our habits that produce addiction eventually. Addictions are more than just habits because brain chemicals becomes involved. And if it's a substance addiction, then it's very dangerous because this particular substance produces a kind of brain chemical, neurochemical that we like, like dopamine, and then it's a dopamine fix. What is very pathetic is that the 
a substance like alcohol is harmful to the brain. So brain's, brain starts protecting itself by keeping itself away from the alcohol. But the, so you need more and more alcohol to get to the same level of intoxication that you want. And you think that, oh, I'm developing a tolerance. It's not a tolerance. <laughs> brain is very unhappy about you. It's not <laughs> And so eventually, of course, what happens is that the brain gives up and situation just breaks down. You don't get any pleasure out of the out of yeah. taking any yeah. amount of alcohol anymore. You go on drinking, drinking, drinking to stupor. And uh, you cannot even get out of it anymore because wh what else can you do? You are addicted. So um, uh, the yeah. problem with the addiction circuit is that it's, it's the deepest conditioning that we have in the midbrain. And to get control over it is just sort of, sort of, sort of. You know, I had a little bouts of addiction, so I know a little bit. I have an addictive kind of personality. I don't know how it developed. I get even addicted to uh, conceptual thinking. For, for days, I'll just do thinking. And uh, so uh, this kind of situation, um, again, has to be deliberately have to take charge. Psychological addictions are not so hard because you can do simple yoga practices to get over it. Substance addiction, the problem is, you know, we really haven't done enough research to even claim that we can have quantum healing. We believe that we can, but we really do not have any uh, empirical proof to uh, claim that yes, quantum creativity we can heal addiction. We hope so, we hope to research this we are hoping for the student who will take up this as a PhD problem. <laughs> Go ahead, Valentina. Yeah, but actually Dr. Gabor Mate has, you know, so there's a lot of uh, database there. And uh, it's one of my favorites, Dr. Gabor Mate. And we cited him in the book also about autism. So with addiction, you have to see what is that painful thing. There's a pain there which needs to be addressed. And then there's a lack of connection. So when you get into this kind of state of expansion, the easiest way is to practice non-locality when you connect with the person, with the community. So for me, I mean, I also have some personal examples, you know, but um, yeah, that would be the way, you know? And then of course, like I can say that I even saw people, I don't know if it's correct to say, addicted to sufferance, you know? So, and that's much more difficult because it's kind of, you, you keep remembering only the negative things and it's so hard. It may take so many years and you may even destroy your immune system meanwhile, you know? So the idea is to, to act and get help if you're in this kind of conditions. Yeah. So we are at, 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 like at the end of our time, which, which to me, we just opened up an enormous <laughs> subject, quantum healing, and I can't wait to have you back. So thank you so much to my guests, um, Dr. Amit Goswami, PhD, and Valentina R. Onasar, MD, their new book, The Quantum Brain. Where do they find you real quick? Amitgoswami.org. That's okay. where you find us. And also we have this program, Master in PhD, in quantum science of health, happiness, and prosperity. We just had our first graduates and all that. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you're doing on the planet. Thank you so much. I can't wait to interview you again. And oh, thank you. I feel enlightened. Very like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank beautiful. you. Thank you. Very beautiful. Blessings to you both. Thank you.